Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Those are the rosters. Now let's take a look at the resources to help them. A couple of notes real quick, though, Logan, as we continue here, and we're talking during our little break there. Uh, One, we're going to make an edit. Uh, We've actually, upon further consideration, think the roster for Washington should come down to a two. Yeah. Um, not a three, uh, kind of too much optimism in terms of where they can fix it. The good news is we're about to score them a lot of points in that area. Right. Um, and then uh, if you're following along on YouTube, uh, you can now see correct totals in the total column or an actual accurate running score. Uh, shout out to my friend Hannah for helping me with the proper Excel sheet formulas. <laughs> okay, uh, cap space, Washington, five points. They have the most in the NFL. They have 78 million, and and by the way, these numbers courtesy of over the cap. Uh, This is their cap space number. There's also a kind of practical cap space number that they have uh, when you talk about draft picks and signing them and and some other, like they have like a set amount of roster moves that kind of create more realistic, but everyone talks about cap space using this number. So we're going to use the 78 number. And yeah. really, it's 78 plus. Because right. as we mentioned during the roster uh, discussion, if you want to cut Logan Thomas, if you want to cut uh, Charles Leno or restructure those guys or some others, you can create more cap space and get up to maybe close to $100 million if you want. Right. And I think, honestly, we should just read through these because I think it's just a financial thing, right, at this point. Yeah, like, it's just totally. like... Let's just bang these out because I think, yeah, I, I think the cap space is excellent. One of the reasons the roster is so poor is because there's so many free agents. So they're going to have to spend a lot of this money to get those guys re-signed and get pieces in here. But um, it, it is an yeah. exciting as, – as a, as a draw for a coach, gosh, totally. like ha- having that draft pick, having the cap space, huge deal. So, 100%. And we'll do draft capital in a moment. Uh, Seattle has just $1.2 million, So practically speaking, they have negative cap space. Uh, that is a one. Yeah. Uh, for in my book on that. Uh, Tennessee has like $71 million in cap space. It would have helped if I had uh, done my prep sheet in the same order <laughs> as uh, we did this column. Uh, so yeah, $71 million. That's that's either a four and a half or a five. I was going to say that's a five. That's a lot of money. You can do a lot of stuff there. So yeah, five. 
All right, New England also has 71, so that's wow, a five for them. I did not them. realize they had so much money there. Jeez. They do. The Chargers have negative 35 million. That is a zero. zero. That is the that's David Tepper ownership of cap space. <laughs> uh, Atlanta has 33 million. So I'm going to say that's like a three? Two or three, yeah. Two I'd or say. three? Yeah, three. Let's go two and a half. Yeah, because you can get somebody in the offseason, yeah. Yeah, you can make one big one or a couple of little ones. Uh, Las Vegas has $49 million in cap space. you, Las Vegas. That's a three. Three, three and a half? Three? Just playing three? Three. three. Okay. And then last but not least, the Carolina Panthers have $34 million in cap space. Wow. That is a dagger for them. And and they've got to re-sign Brian Burns. (laughs) Jimmy. (laughs) That's a tough deal for them. That is not good. gracious. All right. That brings us to... Draft capital. Yeah. Uh, Washington, they have three top 40 picks. They have five top 100 picks, including the 100th pick, and which is the compens- or the uh, the traded pick for Chase Young. They actually have six top 103 picks because they're at the top of the fourth round as well. That's about as good as you can ask for. I mean, it's um, not... I actually again, think it's... this is a... Uh, they have number two overall pick, three top 40, six top 103 yeah, so I think it's it's not like the Philadelphia Eagles last two years where they had like two first round picks. And That's true. Like, you know, it's not that good, but it's pretty gosh darn good. You know, four, so, four and a half. Yeah, that's the range we're talking about. So I think yeah, pick one. whatever you whatever you're feeling. Uh, I'd say four and a half. Yeah, four and a half. Yeah, the number two pick in a super quarterback rich draft. Uh, I think that's yeah. that's pretty darn good. All right, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they are somewhere on this sheet. Uh, they have picked 16, but they have no second rounder. They have two thirds, pick 78 and 81. Uh, and then they have everything four through seven. So that no second rounder neutral. hurts. Pretty neutral yeah. to me though. You know, um, like they're not, it's not great. It's not bad. It's not like the LA was a couple years ago. I think that's, that's pretty stock. Maybe yeah, two so and a half if you're if you're pissed about the second round pick, but yeah, I'd say that's that's a three. All right, Tennessee has the seventh overall pick. They have pick thirty eight. They have no third rounder. Uh, have everything at four through seven and an extra seventh rounder. Um, I'd say that's again no second rounder is kind of a big deal. Maybe two, three and a half. Uh, they, you know, they do have they do have a second rounder. Oh no, third. third. So maybe four, maybe, I don't know. It doesn't feel right. I think three and a half, three and a half. half. Uh, You got the seventh pick and the 38th pick. That's pretty good. Uh, All right, New England. They obviously have pick number three uh, in this draft. They also, they're they're basically straight through. They've got three, 34, 68, 103, 135, 181. One pick per round, seven draft picks. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty standard i think that's good obviously i think i think that's because the other thing too is the way the second or the rounds down work those tiebreakers rotate so they actually have the second pick of the second round which is excellent for them so four 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 yeah i think that's that's probably right all right the los angeles chargers they have the fifth overall pick 37 they've got they've got their pick straight through including a bonus seventh rounder i think that's also pretty good i think that's yeah i think that's a four yeah. Uh, as well. All right. Atlanta. They, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, have the eighth overall pick for the third straight year. Uh, they have an extra third rounder and no seventh rounder. Honestly, that, for their personnel department, that's a win. You get to yeah. be done after the sixth round. 
Let's go have our press conference. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'd say that's that feels like Tennessee a little bit, right? It kind of the same yeah, areas, right? Three and a half. Got that extra third rounder, which is really nice. All right, Las Vegas, uh, as we were talking about a little bit earlier, they have the 13th pick. Uh, they've got three sevenths. Everything else is one pick per round, kind of in the middle of each round. What was the what was the 13th overall? Yeah. Three-ish, three, three and a half, maybe. Three, yeah, I'd say three. Because again, 16 is tough to kind of navigate uh, thir- there. 13. Uh, yeah, but, 13, yeah, sorry. But you don't have that, that extra second, that extra third that has bumped some of these teams up. And then Carolina, no first rounder, but they're at the top of basically every other round. They also have no seventh rounder, whatever that's worth. That hurts them a lot, I think, not having that first rounder. Like when you're looking for like another game changing piece offensively, it could have been the first round pick again this year. Imagine if they would have had the first round pick this year. They could have traded out of that spot. They could have had that and DJ Moore. Yeah, would have been pretty wild. So, a lot better. Uh, I think two, like two and a half. At the end of the day, yeah. they still do have the 33rd pick. Yeah, I mean, which is, um, again, but for a team that is in their situation, that's maybe a two? That, that hurts them a lot. I'd say two. Like, how much? I guess I just don't want to over-penalize them because they traded away. Like, the, the penalty guess, is the trade yeah. away. But, like, yeah. what do they actually still have, right? Yeah. Two? Uh, two. Two and a half. Two and a half. You're okay. right. Let's not go crazy, Paulson. Two and a half. All right. Yeah. You're notoriously the harsh one. All right. <laughs> Last but not least, this is kind of an objective category here. Um, but I'm going to call this one organizational atmosphere. So what other factors go into considering for this job? So for Washington, for instance, you have this fan base that showed it is incredibly excited if you can show any modicum of comp- competence. Yeah. They're really optimistic. They're really hopeful. Um, you have a new owner who's, who's, I mean, obviously we talked about the ownership already, but to me, like the atmosphere stuff around Washington is high on that front, but also... The facilities are not very good. You have to play at FedEx Field. Not very yeah. good. So it can't, I don't think it's a five, but at the same time, you know, you're probably going to get to help shape the new practice facility. So maybe that yeah. is exciting. Maybe more on the front office than the head coaching side. I don't know. For like, so it, it can kind of, again, be objective, whatever it is. You're also replacing a guy that wasn't super well liked amongst the fan base as a football coach. Um, so wow. the, it's not, it's not like what we're going to talk about with New England where you have to replace a legend or Tennessee where you're replacing a guy that was beloved in Vrabel. So I, I tend to think this is like three and a half. Maybe I would actually probably put four for Washington for this category. The only reason I would say four is because I do think the ex, the expectations are low and the reward is very, very high. It kind of reminds yeah. me of like Dan Campbell in Detroit a little bit. Like that's yeah. kind of what you're dealing with. It's like, if you win some games, like you're going to be a God. And I think there's an opportunity to do that here. And the fan base, like, is spectacular when this team is winning. Like I think back to 2012 and like, that's what, that's what you're dealing with here in a big market, in a big city. It's pretty good. And you mentioned the facilities are the only thing kind of keeping it from being a five. And I don't think that's like a huge negative necessarily, but I think, I think the, it's the other stuff, the fans, the culture, the community. Um, if that thing gets going, you're feeling pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, it is a tough media environment. Uh, hi. Uh, you know, um, as opposed to Seattle, 
um, which is like they've got great, you know, sports talk radio and everything up there in Seattle. It's not like it's a small city. Seattle's like I think the tenth biggest city in the country, um, but the atmosphere is a little bit different. Uh, West Coast, more laid back. Your facilities are immaculate. You are having to follow Pete Carroll, um, but Carroll will be around and in the building and yeah. uh, theoretically, and hopefully, we'll give you a sign off. And this is one where it matters who you are too, right? If Dan Quinn takes this job, following Pete Carroll is not nearly as big of a deal. Like you right. were a part of the magic. Right. If you are some random young offensive guy uh, coming, for, you know, if you're Ben Johnson coming in this job, it, you know, who's the who's the new guy? Who's the out of towner? That's a, yeah, that's a great point. And I think the combination of the facilities, the the recency of winning, I feel like this is a really good atmosphere to be yeah, in. Yeah, like, I would say, I was say a, four, four and a half. Four and a half, I would say. Just I'd give it a slight edge because you also have is, like one of the best stadiums crowds right. in the league, and the facilities and everything's there. You know, I, I think that's a pretty good atmosphere. So, all right, uh, Tennessee. Um, the fans, like Titans fans care. No one cares yeah. about the Titans outside of Tennessee. Right. Um, I don't know how their facilities are. Probably pretty middle of the road. You do have to follow Vrabel. I don't know how easy of a job that is. He was kind of the perfect guy for that job in a lot of Seems ways. like a three to me. Yeah. This, I mean, everything about Tennessee feels incredibly middle of the road. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Titans. Um Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your debt, your weekly source for all things commanders, right on time, your time. A list of household chores. Do them without missing a beat and listen while you work. In the car, turn mundane drives into memorable moments. With podcasts, you can maximize productivity and minimize FOMO. We're on demand, so we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, New England. So this is a weird one. It is a weird one. Like, you know, my family's from Boston, and like you will not get a more supportive city of your organization and your team, right? Yes. They're also insanely critical of your team, right? And especially following someone like Bill Belichick. I think the atmosphere is going to be off the charts. I think if you want to like create an environment where you're just like the dude. Like they're going to love you up there if you win some football games, but they're also going to let you know if you're not doing well, much like here. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think, I think I would say it's, it's, that might be a better, would you agree, Craig, that that's a better atmosphere than Washington when it's going well? I mean, it's close. It's like, it gets crazy. Oh, when it's going well, but I think the, because of the recency of success, the patience level is lower. I think one of the best things Belichick did for the new person is be absolutely terrible the last three years. <laughs> like you're not replacing Belichick after he and Brady win that last Super Bowl. You're replacing the the recent Belichick who hasn't drafted a pro, pro bowler in ten years. Yeah, uh, actually, or sorry, not a pro bowler. You haven't drafted uh, a guy who got to a second contract in ten years. Right, and I think again, I, you're following Belichick, so I don't think it's as good as here in Washington. But I think it's like that city will love you. Yeah, maybe again, three and a half. Uh, yeah, I'll give you three and a half. Um, I would say the one guy who kind of gets an exception there, a la Quinn in Seattle, is obviously Vrabel. Oh, All right, yeah. Los Angeles. The five you get to play it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Los Angeles. You get a you get a automatic, uh, you know, floor safety piece of you get to play at SoFi, which right. is nice as hell. But then again, is a place that a lot of other fans go. So actually, on game day, I don't know how great of an advantage that is for LA. Um, you're a, in a two-team town that barely supports the first team and you're the second team yeah like this feels this like is, a two and a half to me 
And again, I'm from LA. I love LA. Like, but yeah. there are, there is, so you do get much. to live in Los Angeles, which is nice, yeah, which is great. And again, that's awesome. So maybe it's a three, but in terms of supporting the team, it's not new England. It's not Washington. It's not Seattle. It's not even Tennessee. Like there's so much other stuff. If you're not winning games there, you'll have a thousand people at your game. Like when I, when we played uh, LA, uh, the Chargers, when I was in Houston in 2019, after they had just moved, there was, it was a 20,000 seat stadium. There was 5,000 people in the stands. Like they, it's just not, it's yeah. not a football town the way some of those other towns are. So no, I, I absolutely capping them at 2.5. I would probably give it a two to be honest. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, well, sunshine it, point. It, it's, it's an LA. Two and a half. It's, it's a half. It's a half a point. Right. All right. Uh, and by the way, it is a place that because you're in LA, it's a place that pro athletes like to live. So from a recruiting yeah. standpoint, you know, if you ever get cap space, as I stare at the zero in that column for them, um, <laughs> maybe can recruit some folks. Uh, Atlanta is another place that NFL players like to live. Um, you, you mean you again? you played here, uh, that town will get behind their Falcons. They love it down there. It's yeah. not as high pressure as some of the other media markets. Um, college football can overrun you a little bit. Um, you get to play in to one of the nicest stadiums in the country. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, the, the facility, the practice facility is great. Yep. This seems like a three and a half. It's a nice to me, spot. I think the only thing is like, there's other, again, like we weren't winning when I was there. So the stadium was always like a little bit, you know, but you past. also were, yeah, been in the Super Bowl the year before it was two years before, right? two years before. So, yeah. So it's yeah. like, it had kind of dried out a little bit. The, the fan support wasn't as great. They just moved stadiums. I think this is awesome. So I, I loved I loved my time in Atlanta. It was awesome. Uh, it just depends on like how that city's going to get behind you. And I think they'd probably be pretty excited. So maybe three and yeah, not as good as New England, I don't think. So maybe a three. Maybe it's like a Tennessee, okay. a little bit. You know, yeah, like we're, we're feels splitting right. hairs, but that feels right. We we get our first three point two five in the third to last. <laughs> uh, all right, let's we'll go three. Las Vegas um, facilities outrageous. Fan yeah. support pretty good um because you're the biggest thing in that town um that said it, there's a, tends to be a lot of like opposing fans yeah, there yeah. um you get to live in las vegas for better or for worse right um i don't know what to make of the atmosphere in las vegas a sentence that has been uttered many times by many <laughs> yeah i mean i think like with atlanta there's like it's a there is a football feel to that stadium which is great in las vegas it's like a party you know, and yeah. so it's like, how much support are you getting there? It's a great market for like selling out stadiums and making money, but it's not Tennessee and that you've got like this diehard fan base that's coming to the game every week. It's not like New England or Washington where the whole area is supporting you. It's like, it's a little bit more multicultural, feels a little bit like kind of LA potentially, but you are yeah. the only thing in town. So there's that. Yeah. Um, or you're the biggest thing in town. They do love their yes. Las Vegas Aces, as I can confirm. Yeah. Uh, biggest thing in town. Three? Two and a, two and a half, three? I think, th I three. think three. I think three. It's they different than Atlanta. But facilities really help, um, yeah. for sure. And the fact that, you know, there's, I think, a lot of upper mobility in terms... Like, it's it, because Vegas is an event town, um, and, I, you know, there, to an extent, like, D.C. is a little bit this way. Obviously, yeah. there's a deeper connection with the football team. But the Capitals and the Wizards experienced this, I think, in a major way. Um, yeah. But it, Vegas is an event town. If they're good, that place is going to be awesome. If right. they're not, like people aren't going to be super mad about it. Right. Um, all right, last but not least, Carolina. Um, you know better than me. Cause... Look, people love the Panthers in the Carolinas. Um, 
that and you get kind of that big area of there are a lot of people in South Carolina, there are a lot of people in North Carolina who really do love it, but there that's an angry fan base because mm -hmm. the end of Rivera's tenure wasn't good. It's been a total disaster since Tepper took over in basically every conceivable way. Mm -hmm. Um I don't I feel like the South can be we can unpack the statement historically uh, on a different podcast, but like the South can be very protective of itself. Mm -hmm. um, and Tepper is this non native guy who came down like carpet bagger, if you will, who has come in and ruined their thing. And I think that that matters. Um, I, the stadium bank of America stadiums, fine. Tepper's building a really expensive new practice facility. So that's nice. Um, at least he was supposed to be. And then I think it, part of it fell through. So I think they found another spot. Now they're behind all in all, like, it's just not good. Um, mm -hmm. it just feels very toxic down there. And now can they turn it around and win and, and winning fixes things? Yes. You know, Tepper's invested, but I can't give this any more than a two. If I, if we even want to go that high. No, I, that's kind of what it feels like. And you would know, you know, that atmosphere better than me, that environment better than me. Um, but yeah. those that don't know, by the way, I grew up down there and grew up going to games at that stadium uh, way yeah. back when. So I'd say Jake Delhomme days. What's up? It does feel worse than L.A., even though L.A. is not great. Like they don't you know, you can't. There's a toxicity to Carolina right now. That's different than Los Angeles. I agree. I agree. So that's two. It. Yep. Two. All right. So now, as long as the formula worked, which I'm pretty sure it did, we have our rankings. Uh, the number one job. Actually. Uh, yeah, for sure. It almost makes you want to go back and reconsider some stuff, but like, it also is a bit of a reality check. The number one job by actually a decent little margin, considering the, the rubric here out of a possible total 30 points, the Washington commanders at 24, yeah. uh, the yeah. second best job is the new England Patriots at 21 and a half. Yeah. Uh, cap space winds up being a, a big factor here. Uh, the third best job tie Atlanta and Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, it, I would I would have thought it, Tennessee would have been way lower, but I, I think that feels I, right. And I like it's agree. funny when you think about it. The cap space, the draft capital, the raw. I think the roster in Atlanta is a big bump for them because of where they're at. But yeah, this to me, this is how I view these. Not necessarily how I view the job, but I think understanding New England's cap space, understanding the depth of roster in Atlanta was a big deal. And Tennessee, I think the cap space and draft capital there was something that I undervalued. So. If I'm a coach and I'm going into those positions, I'm like, this looks a little bit more appealing than, you know, when we started this conversation, I guess. For sure. Um, tied in whatever's next uh, is Las Vegas at 17 and a half and Seattle at 17 and a half. Yeah. Th that Seattle's the one that's surprising to me, but me it also, I think people just kind of, kind of put the ownership on the back burner and yeah. forget about how tumultuous that could be. Yeah. And that is a good reminder to like, and, and again, it's something where if Jody Allen is like, look, I know I eventually have to sell this thing, but it's mine for at least the next decade. And right. that becomes a four, then that changes the equation dramatically. Cause, we, cause um, we think she's done a good job. Like, you know, I think she's done a good job that whole, like her yeah. brother did a good job. So I think to me, again, the reason we gave it a two is because of the uncertainty of, of kind of the trust and what's going on with that group. Yeah. But again, if she's around for 10 years, 15 years, and she says that to the next candidate, that looks drastically different. And I would say the one category that I thought about including that we didn't was front office. And I didn't include it because it's too in flux for too many of these jobs. Right. But yeah. if you were to factor that in and you get to go work with John Schneider, Seattle yeah. shoots up. 
Right. So I will admit yeah. that is a possible flaw in our rankings, um, as opposed to a place like Washington, where like, how do you rank someone who's not been hired yet? Correct. Um, and obviously a lot of these jobs are in similar situations or like, what do you think of Terry Fontenot? That could be in Atlanta, the GM, like, is that a positive or a negative? It could depend on the candidate. How do they work together, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so Seattle tied with Vegas. Uh, the next team, uh, second from bottom is Los Angeles. Not really surprising, uh, for me, but I think probably surprising to a lot of people who just look at Herbert and have blinders on everything else. Right. No, I think that's exactly right. I think, uh, I think that again, the cap space there is huge for them. It's huge. Like, cause like that team is what it is now. The only right. way you're building is through the draft. And it, and it feels like you have a, it's like you have a, a Ferrari that's like in a dumpster or something. You know what I'm saying? It's like you have this great quarterback that can elevate a roster, but there's, like you said, they're going to have to probably move on some, from some of those big pieces, those big playmakers. And it, looking at the cap space situation, looking at the composition of the roster, you're kind of like, wow, this is way different than I thought when I, when we, well, again, like this has been really illuminating to me because it's like you literally yeah. go through category by category and it's like, wow. I thought I thought that LA job would be way higher, but at the end of it, it's it's you see it kind of for what it is, which I think is is kind of cool. So, and last but not least, this one was not illuminating. The Carolina Panthers no, are the worst yeah. job on the market. So, Logan, when uh, people say or when we've been saying, "Hey, Washington is the best job on the market," now we have data to back it up. No, and I think I think the other thing here too is like, let's say for example, you wanted to change the quarterback to a two for Washington, just as an example. Like that's still the best job, right? Yeah. Because of the other factors surrounding the organization, and um, it looks like we weighed draft capital there a little bit heavy. But I think draft capital is a valuable piece for a coach making a decision. So I think that's totally. um, that's uh, I'm 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 really glad we did that. Actually, I feel like I feel I look at this whole thing a little bit differently, which is kind of fun. So. Yeah, no, for sure. All right, uh, next time on the podcast, I, it sounds like, uh, even as we were recording this, uh, it seems like Washington is down to some final candidates. Adam Peters, Ian Cunningham uh, seem to, from what I was trying to read in between uh, us talking they're there. The, they're amongst others, it sounds like, from what, uh, what's his name said? Uh, what's his uh, name? Rappaport. Thank you, yes. NFL Network, <laughs> yeah. But they are, they are moving towards final interviews quickly, so uh, very possible next week when we do our podcast uh, that we will be talking about a new lead executive for the Washington Commanders. So make sure you tune in. Then uh, we are, this week was like a weird transitional week, but next week uh, we are planning on being on our new off-season schedule, pods twice weekly, uh, probably record them on Monday and Wednesday, which means uh, we can either put them out Monday and Wednesday evening or Tuesday and Thursday morning, uh, TBD on that, but make sure you subscribe and then, uh, you know, when it shows up, it shows up. Uh, but we'll, uh, wh whatever it is, it will be consistent so you can make sure that you get in a nice routine on your commutes or whatever it is that you listen to our show. Uh, thanks so much for listening or for watching on YouTube, and we'll see you next time. For Logan, I'm Craig. See ya.